entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. Hello everyone, welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we're going to be doing part 7 in our Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch. Uh, we're going to be talking about movies like Infinity War, Captain Marvel, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. But before we do that, let's jump into our podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. And, you know, kind of a asterisk, I guess, is that last week was Thanksgiving. So I'm, I'm assuming that you've got a chance to watch a good number of stuff, Ken. So I'm curious. Yeah, actually, so yeah, we are recording this episode on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, with that extra, like, holiday and, like, a day off in the middle of the week, you know, it, just, you know, a little bit of time to watch a little bit of football, obviously, uh, but more notably, because obviously we do have a movie podcast, we can watch movies, so... Mm-hmm. Um, with it being Thanksgiving this past Thursday, I had to actually watch the best Thanksgiving movie of all time, which is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. No yes. way, dude. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I watched uh, my favorite Thanksgiving movie, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man t- uh, 2002. <laughs> Oh, that was not planned, audience. That is just hilarious. Um, we didn't watch but, it together, by the way. Yeah, we didn't. And you know what? I think it's meant to be because I don't know. I, I don't. For me, I saw some of the memes or whatever posts. I was like, "Ooh, let me see if uh, Spider Man <laughs> streaming somewhere." And it was. It was stream. I watched it on Hulu. Uh, where'd you watch it? Oh shoot, it was on Hulu. Yeah. Oh man, I, I watched it on um, TBS. Well, actually, no. See, it was TBS. Mm. It, it it had the um, commercials, I guess, that Hulu has the ads, but uh, it was it didn't cut anything out, and it was uncensored, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was the same thing then. So yeah. we were thinking the same thing, and just I was like, it's Thanksgiving. I feel like watching Spider Man. Let's watch the first Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, dude, I I hadn't seen that movie for. Ever, I don't even remember the last. I don't even remember the year that I watched it last. So, I, I, when was the last time you watched Spider Man? It's always like playing on TV, so I just watch it whenever it comes on. Oh. But so it, it must be at least a year. Like I, I probably watch it at least uh, every year, a year and a half. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, see, for me, it's cl- it's coming up on close to a decade because. I hadn't watched any of the Raimi ones in a while. I mean, yeah, yeah, like you said, they're usually on like TNT or TBS or whatever, one of the Turner uh, channels or whatever. But I don't really watch live television anymore. Everything's just streaming on demand. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get that going. You know, I wanted to do a Spider-Man rewatch because obviously No Way Home's coming out in in a few weeks. And... um, I mean, dude, Thanksgiving was all about Spider-Man. I actually got through the uh, Raimi trilogy, but I wanted to highlight Spider-Man, uh, the first one, because of that Thanksgiving scene. <laughs> dude, I've I've literally watched the whole trilogy, <laughs> the whole trilogy also, but, you know, started off with the first one, of course. Yeah. Um, I did kind of skip around a little bit in, like, two, because I've watched that so many times, and especially three, just because I didn't want to see some stuff. Yeah, man, that was that was a rough watch. Um, but it, it's a little bit better than I remembered. There's like higher moments in Spider-Man Three that I expected. Yes, uh, you know I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because Spider-Man Three, I was like, oh, you know, I forgot this actually happened, and it was actually pretty good. Some of the action sequences were really good, well done. Um, and uh, I don't know if you noticed this, especially after the like credits and everything. But didn't you notice that the soundtracks were really like? 
totally 2000s yeah with, that's the, a- with the music <laughs> I, it just reminds me of smallville <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> it's because that era man the early 2000s to you know freaking 2010 that era oh my god yeah the good old but, days oh my goodness but yeah i i ended up starting uh uh, what do you call that? Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. But I'm like halfway through it. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, trying to watch Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man uh, just took a lot out of me or whatever. So I was like, I have to stop. So uh, I'll try to see if I can watch it again. Um, I guess restart my rewatch uh, later this weekend, I guess. Yeah. I think the Raimi trilogy is a little bit easier of a watch to get through just because it's, I don't know, a little bit lighter. A little it's, bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it does its own thing. Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man was. Uh, it's definitely got a way different tone, and I hadn't seen both uh, Amazing Spider-Man man movies, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies since the theater. So this is mm. like literally my second rewatch, um, <laughs> and the first in wait, when did uh, when did those two come out? It was twelve and fourteen, right? Yeah, twelve and fourteen. Yeah, jeez. So it's already been almost ten years. So. Ooh. Oh, man. But last week, dude, we did talk about Red Notice with uh, Jacob, and we did run a poll on our social media. What was uh, the poll, by the way? Yeah, well, you know, we kept it simple. Um, yeah. So for episode 48, Red Notice, we ran the poll asking you guys, the audience, who is your favorite character uh, within Red Notice? And so the three obvious choices were uh, uh, Hartley, FBI agent Hartley, who was played by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Nolan Booth, who was played by uh, Ryan Reynolds, and The Bishop, who was played by Gal Gadot. And so uh, the results were, in a runaway vote, Nolan Booth. I mean, I don't think it's a surprise, uh, because I think uh, for both you and I and Jacob, the, <laughs> that was our favorite character. I should have probably tossed an itch here in as a, as a, yeah, but- a joke on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, or that could have spoiled the uh, the twist. No, I'm just kidding. That's no, true. Um, <laughs> That's true. But, but I, the yeah, results were 88 percent for uh, Nolan Booth. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I'm not surprised yeah. for sure. I was like, oh, dude, you, you could pick Wonder Woman, Deadpool, or uh, The Rock. <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I know he he's his own character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but guys, if you did want to participate in our episode-related polls, it's going to be on our Twitter and Instagram every Tuesday. So today we actually have a pretty big, you know, it's our Marvel episode of the season stuff. So it's a lot of movies to talk about, a lot of things to talk about for three movies. And like I said uh, in last week, it's the beginning of the end. We're We're in the end game now. Not quite, but... Uh, that's what Dr. Strange said in Infinity War. So Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Captain Marvel. They are all on Disney+. Plus. So, spoiler alert, go watch it. If you haven't seen them yet, I don't know why you would be in part seven <laughs> of our, our rewatch. But, you know, if you accidentally find yourself clicking on us, then uh, spoiler alert. And not sponsored <laughs> by Disney, Disney or... Who owns Disney again? No, Disney Wait. owns oh, Disney. They, they own Disney the world. Owns, oh yeah, I just feel like Disney owns something. What was it God Allah? <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Jesus? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was one of the best lines in uh, Infinity War. Shoot, I forgot about that. Who is your master? <laughs> Who do you serve? Oh, what master do you serve? That's what it was. Sorry. Yeah. Come on, Dr. Strange. Sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to come misquote you. Holy crap. That's so good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's just jump straight into our first topic. And um, let's jump into the best moments from each film. And let's, you know, let's go in order. So let's go with uh, Infinity War. That's going to be kind of a hard one to pick. Dude, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I was kind of torn between some of the one-liners, some of the kind of uh, lighthearted moments or whatever. And then, obviously, dude, the action sequence was just so crazy. Yeah. But I got to do it. I got to basically starting off our rewatch. I'm going to be the wet blanket for this portion of the episode. I felt <laughs> like the best moment was the snap uh, because oh. of how, you know, basically far-reaching 
this whole thing was. And um, obviously, uh, back in 2018, when we had watched it, I just remember when the snap was happening and everyone was in the theater was slowly figuring out, especially a lot of the casual uh, watchers of uh, the MCU. Dude, just seeing, well, first Bucky was the first one to kind of like dust away. And then one one by one, people thought, it's like, oh my goodness, people, like these guys are just disappearing and dying before our eyes. And obviously when Peter Parker says, what does he say again? I, already. It's like, I don't want to go Mr. Stark or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, didn't we come up with a, an award for that? Oh, did did we? Is it best death? I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. It was the. Um, I know we yeah. have wise Gamora. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's so many good lines just in that scene from the oh, Guardians. I know. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, I knew we came up with a uh, an award for this. It's uh, when. Peter Parker goes to Tony, and he's obviously starting to feel the f- effects. Oh well, I think it's a spider, uh, Spidey sense that uh, he, you know, he knows that something's happening. Is like, and he goes, "I don't feel so good." I'm like, "Oh no, here we go." And I felt like at the time, back in 2018, that was probably, arguably, the saddest moment up to that point in the MCU mm-hmm. when. You know, it's this kid that's dying right before Tony Stark's eyes. You know, obviously, um, you know, that was, you know, the the person he was like kind of mentoring and everything uh, for better or worse in, in Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, we talked about that on a previous episode of our MCU rewatch. But, dude, that was that was pretty sad. And I could hear a lot of sniffling around me <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. that episode was going on. Yeah. A lot of allergies were uh, were going on, and a lot of onions were being cut. Yeah, dude, I I just remember seeing that, and because it, it's kind of unheard of to see such an A list character like die on screen. Yeah. It's like what? Like I knew you kind of knew people were gonna die going into the movie, uh, but you don't expect Spider Man to die. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like what? Spider-Man's not going to be in the next one or whatever. Um, at the same time, it's like it's such a good moment. But once you think about it, it's like, oh, they killed off Spider-Man. That, that They ha- definitely have to come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and obviously this was a spoiler for 2018. Uh, I, I believe both of us knew that Spider-Man Far From Home was already going to be uh, coming out. Uh, I think it just got announced or something like that. Yeah. Maybe uh, shortly after. And so we're like, oh, okay, well, obviously they're coming back. It's just a matter of how they're going to come back. So. Yeah, but I agree. That scene, It's it, I love that there's like no music. You just hear like the thunder and mm. uh, the dust going happen and all that stuff. I know you just hear the elements and something epic just happened in a bad way, you know, something horrible. So, mm-hmm. but I, Thanos <laughs> after Eternals, uh, he was just uh, delaying the emergence. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like after all that, just, there's always something else. But I just remember even my aunt when she watched it mm. and then came back home and she was just like, I didn't like the movie. <laughs> Because <laughs> just because the ending, you know, because it's yeah. like such a sad ending. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have to wait a, you have to wait a whole year just to, you know, get some, get some of that happiness back. Yeah, dude. Like I remember on I, Infinity War, I think still holds the record for me, my personal record for watching a movie in the theaters. I've seen, I saw Infinity War six times in the theaters. That I don't. That's like far no, head and shoulders above any other movie. I think the next really? closest is three. Um, and there was like a few of those movies out there, but when that movie came out, I was watching it for the, you know, obviously multiple times for me, but with every other group was their first time. And <laughs> yeah. I think my third or fourth rewatch was with my parents. And yeah, my mom said the exact same thing your aunt said, where she's like in, in Tagalog, obviously, but I can't even, I won't, I don't even, I won't even attempt to say it in Tagalog, <laughs> but she basically what she said was, I didn't like that movie it made me really sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, and it was because I asked her, like, while we're walking out of the theaters, so how did you like it? And that's how it, it's exactly what she said, but in Tagalog, obviously. Dude, mine's, 
I have to choose because this movie's action packed. Yeah. So I have to choose at least one of the action scenes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going with the tight the battle on Titan, mm. but specifically after the plan fails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, just because it's such a scrappy fight, everyone's trying to do their own thing, showcasing everything. Like Doctor Strange doing his co- copying himself. Iron Man gets stabbed, oh. and I thought he was gonna die. So yes, yes. I was like, it's over. I just remember when <laughs> when he got stabbed, everyone's like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, um, but yeah, because the Titan, uh, the battle on Titan is probably like such a, I don't know. It's such a good action sequence. It's just the way everything plays out. Cause there's that, that hope that they're going to do the plan right. And then it all kind of goes to crap. So yeah, everything in that. Yeah. Cause it was uh, really in two parts because the, the initial plan worked. Yeah. Obviously, Peter screwed that up. Peter Quill screwed that up uh, by kind of waking him up in a way. And then obviously, that's, I guess, because Titan was still kind of off kilter, off its axis a little bit. And and it was pretty cool with the uh, lack of gravity and everything. But after that, just like you said, with everyone being so scattered after, especially after Thanos was fighting Doctor Strange, now it went from a team, you know, teamwork to just going one on one, and obviously you're gonna lose one on one against Thanos. Yeah, dude. Like, which is funny because that was Peter Quill's plan, and he ruined his own plan. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And it was a good plan until he messed it up. Man, uh, let's go into after Infinity War because we could always talk about Infinity War, dude. Yeah. Infinity War's too good, but. Uh, let's go into Ant Man the Wasp. Some uh, what was your best moment in Ant Man and the Wasp? Totally on the different uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, dude. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp had some really good funny moments, and my best moment of the film was during that school heist where they're trying to steal the old suit. Mm. Um, and you know, Ant Man is wearing, I guess, the prototype that uh, Doctor Pym had created. And uh, it it starts malfunctioning. So remember, they're on their flies. They come in, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're they're like microscopic. And then all of a sudden, like his suit starts to malfunction. And then it he turns into like the size of a like a little kid for a little yeah. bit. Then they go into the janitor's closet, and then he's like huge. And then some of the um, stuff is just so good. Um, I remember when Hope was saw him uh, as like a little kid size he's like oh if cap can see you now i was dying dude <laughs> oh so <laughs> yeah i was kind of, honestly i was kind of annoyed by that scene just because it's like uh, i hate when stuff just doesn't work for no reason yeah uh but i did like the the end of that scene when he's like <laughs> you want to you want a juice box juice and box some string and some cheese, string cheese? <laughs> yeah it's like what? and for me, even right before that, when he's like leaving the school, when he's going down the stairs, it really looks like a little kid uh, yeah. going down the stairs. And uh, and then Dr. Pitt was like, hiya, champ. How was school today? <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's like, do you actually have that? <laughs> Shoot. Uh, oh, for dude. me, I, I would probably choose the, the, the dynamic between, um, shoot, not, it's not Wong. What's his name? Randall Park's character. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, oh, shoot. I forgot. I just remember, like, Scott Lang and Randall Park's character uh, when he's, like, showing the card tricks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Detective Wu. Detective Jimmy Wu. Wu. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Wu. Just their dynamic and just... <laughs> I like how later on, um, freaking Wu is in his office watching the tutorials and and then someone like steps in he's like oh i was like it's like well messes up it's like what do you want i know i i love that scene too i love jimmy woo just seeing him especially since obviously between ant-man and the wasp and wandavision when he makes his uh i guess uh reappearance he actually mastered the the art of uh close-up magic because he was doing those card tricks like there were nothing in wandavision it was pretty funny I want more Jimmy Woo. It's like he's the new Coulson. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just think of Rendell Park is just a really good actor. He, he can play serious, but then he can also provide a little bit of comic relief. I agree. Um, Captain Marvel, though. I feel like, uh, like it's, after Infinity War, man, it's hard to top all that, and especially when you got Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think Captain Marvel, at least stylistically, looks looks better to me than yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp looks kind of generic yeah like super yeah. generic um but dude, what was the your best moment captain marvel because he i felt like just overall captain marvel didn't it felt like a plateau movie you know you know what i mean there's like it's just like there yeah um i will agree with you uh in that regard and obviously we'll get into that when we kind of rank all of uh, all three of these movies and add them to our, our, I guess, definitive list through 21 movies so far through our rewatch. But um, with Captain Marvel, there was one uh, one sequence that actually I thought was really well done. And that's my best moment. It's the in kind of near the beginning when, uh, when Carol gets, I guess, uh, not kidnapped, but she gets taken hostage. Yeah. And uh, Talos and the rest of the scrolls are kind of doing that memory probe sequence. Mm. I thought that was a very creative way uh, to show some of Carol's backstory within the framework of the actual story. I thought it was really creative. And obviously, while we're watching it the first time, we're still trying to figure out what's going on. So it's very disorienting. But I love how Talos and the other scrolls are kind of giving commentary because they're, you know, they're obviously scrubbing through Carol's memories. They're trying to figure out and pinpoint, um, you know, information on Dr. Lawson, you know, who we later find out is Marvell, mm-hmm. um, because they're looking for that uh, that technology. And so I just thought it was pretty well done. And then when they finally get to that scene where. Uh, Dr. Lawson and Carol are talking and then when they're kind of kind of going back and forth and they're just like literally replaying that scene over and over again and they're just trying to get her to kind of focus on on the name tag and everything. I just thought that was pretty well done. That was really creative. It was one of it's probably the high point for me that and along with um, Carol's uh, relationship with with both uh, Fury and with um, it was a Maria, right? Uh, was it Maria? Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Because yeah. Monica is the daughter. Monica's the daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got you know she got more <laughs> screen time because of um WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, Maria Rambo. I just I love their dynamic. Uh, I, I love the quieter scenes actually. Strangely enough, in this movie, over some of the action sequences, but that memory probe hmm. sequence is still my favorite. I'm gonna have to go with uh the train fight. Because of the the way that the skull the scrolls use their powers in that scene, mm. um, obviously the shield is trying to track down Captain Marvel. Talos is trying to uh, also take down Captain Marvel, you know, because mm. of loss and all that stuff. But I like the also reveal when um, Coulson calls uh, Fury, mm. on, and then it's like, yeah. oh, where where'd everyone go? <laughs> no. <laughs> And then uh, obviously the Coulson in the car with Fury is like a scroll, and yeah. um, obviously on the train scene, like the scroll becomes a like an old lady, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. the, the old lady just like doing kick flips, and um, I don't know, just the reaction of when Captain Marvel punches the old lady for the first time, and the, like, there's the <gasps> guy in the background, oh, <laughs> it's like, and I don't know, it's like, yeah, this lady, this old lady's like freaking kick flipping her and all that stuff but it's like everyone's trying to hold back captain marvel <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just because uh or veers at that one point yeah, that kind of annoyed me i'm like that's not how you spell veers but whatever yeah um <laughs> but that was a highlight for me i i did like that scene uh and, and probably for i guess different reasons first of all i mean we got dh colson and fury obviously during this whole movie it was pretty crazy to see them with hairlines <laughs> and <laughs> less wrinkles which is pretty cool but uh as far as this scene in particular i love obviously because this movie takes place in the 90s it did have a 90s feel to it uh, with some of the way you know like the way they kind of film some of the action sequences because that's how I used to watch a lot of the uh you know car chases action sequences from the uh like 80s and 90s you know like earlier on without all the 
you know, the CGI explosions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, it kind of brought me back, especially with some of the music, uh, background music that was playing during the, uh, during that action sequence. Yeah, that was definitely a good one. Uh, let's jump into our second topic. And because there's a lot of stuff that goes on in Infinity War, a lot of characters they have to deal with. Um, so I, I have to get this from your opinion. Who had the best storyline in Infinity War out of all the characters, pretty much? There was a lot going on. Uh, if you would ask me, I think coming out of Infinity War back in 2018, I would have just said easily Thanos. But since we're in 2021, uh, in November, hot take. I'll take mm. the Wanda and Vision storyline. Whoa. It's a hot take because, you know, in 2018, I didn't really care for it. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like... Uh, I think that's where I, it started to be good, though, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. we got to actually spend a little bit of time because back in 2018, we didn't... Before that, we didn't really spend too much time with Wanda and Vision. The most we got was the Paprikash, um, I guess, scene in 20... What was it? In um, 2016, 2016 Civil War. Mm-hmm. And what what was that like? Two minute scene where they're just cooking, and yeah, and barely got any background. Vision like, kind of being a creeper and uh, yeah. phasing through her wall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was like, uh, why are we spending so much time with Wanda and Vision? But uh, you know, in twenty twenty one now, we've gotten to see, um, you know, obviously Infinity War. We got to see uh, like kind of the aftermath and Endgame, but especially with Wanda Vision. Just this have to endure watching Vision die twice in Infinity War and then a couple more times in WandaVision. Man, I, I just really, f- um, mm. I, I've been invested now in this storyline now uh, for the last, I guess, year or so. And, and with the rewatch and everything, I guess that's my hot take answer. Ooh, that's definitely a good one. Because, yeah, it, that relationship has definitely uh, blossomed mm-hmm. through through the course of what five years mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's a good one though because yeah. marvel has a hard time doing romance too yeah you know i was actually about to say that you know like uh i, m- I remember we were kind of talking about it in our eternals episode where we were talking about how you know we were talking about icarus and uh cersei and you know with that love triangle with uh dane whitman and uh we were just talking about how they just don't have a, you know, they don't really do romance that well. And I felt like, I feel like Wanda and Vision is, is by default one of the top couples because there's yeah. really not that many. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, my best storyline, I was almost going to pick Star-Lord, actually, which mm. is, would be a crazy one because it's like he freaking messed up in, uh, in Infinity War. And I want to put this, like, I this is not who I actually chose, but I feel like once we get, like, Guardians 3 with, like, Gamora and all that stuff, or the new Gamora, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to come full circle, because I still feel like that storyline is still ongoing. Right. It still ha- hasn't been fully completed. So I feel like that could be a really potential, like, best storyline. Mm-hmm. over the overarching pretty much from in uh, infinity war but uh my answer would probably be thor Ooh, okay it's I like that um one. just because the character has evolved so much from like uh ragnarok and then into infinity war obviously uh spoiler alert his movie his first two movies are like in the bottom tier <laughs> of uh <laughs> Um, you'll you'll hear later on (laughs) yep yep and just for his character to evolve into someone like likable and someone that you root for uh especially when he arrives on earth again Mm, it's like oh man so he got the ah. he got the full avengers uh yeah just by himself too i mean with groot and rocket but uh i just think that his uh his character journey and it's it's kind of a tragic moment when he doesn't kill thanos too yeah. so i think that makes it the most interesting but and then i don't know they they kind of ruin it and and game i mean like in terms of progressing his character i guess we'll get into it yeah um i probably have to think about it a little bit more I and mean, we'll get into that maybe in a couple of weeks when we do talk about 
uh, Endgame, but kind of adding to what you're talking about with Thor's storyline, I felt like an underrated scene in Infinity War was that scene where uh, they're making their way to Nidavellir, and they're talking about how, or Thor's talking about how he lost, obviously, his mom, his best friend, his mm-hmm. brother, his father, and everything. And man, I, when you actually go through the laundry list of what he's had to go through, especially in the beginning of Infinity War, when all that stuff happened, mm-hmm. man, you really do feel bad for him and everything. And obviously, he lost his eye too before he got the one that Rocket stole. <laughs> that still makes me laugh but in kind of a cringy way. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good scene. Uh, guys, since we're talking about, uh, we're on the subject of Infinity War, I want to ask you guys, who did you think was going to die in Avengers Infinity War? Because I know going into the movie, we kind of knew someone was going to die. I, I didn't expect um, Loki to die, like, in the first five minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, Ken, like, when you watched the movie, or before you watched Infinity War for the first time, who did you think was going to die? Okay. Hawkeye. Well, I mean, since, <laughs> well, uh, since you mentioned Loki, I, he was one of the ones I, I completely forgot. But I didn't. Again, I didn't think he was going to die within the first five minutes, basically mm-hmm. in the in the prologue. Um, but in terms of major, I guess uh, Avengers, I I really thought Tony Stark was going to die. Mm. Same. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Just Especially when he got stabbed too. Yeah, I was like, he oh, here stabbed. it comes. Yeah, here it is. And then he's like, wait a minute, he's not dead yet. Yeah, then surely they can't kill him in Endgame because they, they did a whole fake out last last movie, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get into that in Endgame. But oh man, Spoiler oh alert. shoot, we should probably ask the same question for uh, our MCU <laughs> Part Eight. <laughs> I know everyone's gonna just say Hawkeye, oh, shoot. and then he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> fake out. What a fake out. But guys, yeah, if you want to let us know who you thought was going to die in Avengers Infinity War, you can uh, go on our Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, at Weekly Real, or you can email us. Right, Ken? Yes, they can, <laughs> they can email us. Uh, they can email us at weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. Man, it still makes me laugh. All right, let's take a quick break before our next topic. All right, welcome back from the break. And so let's dive right into our next topic uh, for our MCU Part 7 rewatch. Uh, Topic three is, I mean, obviously it started with Avengers Infinity War. You know, Thanos snaps his fingers. And so with each of these three movies, all the post-credit scenes feature, uh, I guess, the consequences of the snap. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy, topic three is which post-snap post-credit scene from each of the three movies was your favorite and why Ooh, uh i'm gonna go with ant-man and the wasp when basically they're uh testing out the quantum realm stuff and then scott gets stuck in the quantum realm because uh all the van dynes and hank pym get dusted so it's like and he's just stuck in there and i just I was just wondering because it's like the whole movie, obviously this takes place um, before Infinity War, but Mm -hmm. the movie came out after Infinity War. So you're like, you know something's going to happen. You don't know when in the movie and obviously in the post credit scene it happens. And I love how there's just like this, oh, how is is Scott going to get out of this? And I thought it's going to be some super elaborate plan, but... <clears throat> it's a rat. <laughs> it's it's Mickey Mouse, man. Mickey Mouse. Mickey it's Ma- Disney. <laughs> the money of the rat. Yeah, um, it's a rat. That thing was but, nasty. Yeah. But I, just in the moment, though, when watching that post credit scenes, I was like, oh, no, Ant-Man, how are you going to get out of this? Yeah. Actually, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. That was actually my favorite as well. Uh, just that kind of, I agree with you completely uh, with the reasons why that one was my favorite out of the three. Uh, but to add to that, I mean, we were talking about it earlier in the episode when um, when 
Tony Stark gets stabbed and it let out an audio, like a really loud gasp within the theater. Yeah. When I was watching Ant-Man and the Wasp in the theater, there was a, another audio gasp. They were like, <gasps> like, and obviously yeah. the people that were there watching Ant-Man and the Wasp had seen Infinity War. And man, when, when the three dusted both uh, Hope Van Dyne, uh, Janet Van Dyne and, and Dr. Pym. And obviously, again, Scott Lang's just kind of floating around within the uh, quantum realm. And uh, again, we didn't know what was going to be his fate uh, going into Endgame or whatever, or future movies. So, um, yeah, that one's definitely my favorite. Mm, yeah, I almost want to pick the, the Nick Fury one just because of the mother. Mother. And then mother flirking. <laughs> yeah, then gets dusted. I almost just wanted to choose based on that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a good one, though. Oh, for sure. Uh, let's get right into our next topic. I mean, earlier in the episode, we talked about best moments uh, in each movie. Uh, and so, hey, we got we got to be that wet blanket. So we're going to go ahead and go through each one of the movies. But we'll, we're going to go with worst moment or biggest nitpick uh, from each of the film. And so, Jeremy, do you want to start us off with Avengers Infinity War? I'm going to say yeah, it's, just, it's just a nitpick, but... Not enough of Cap's team, like Natasha, mm, Sam, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Cap himself. It's like after Civil War, you really wanted to know like what, what headspace was he in, what was he thinking, what was he doing after Civil War. So, and we haven't really gotten that even now. So it's it's a bit like ah, I wish I wish I knew what he was up to in between Civil War and Infinity War. So that's kind of a nitpick of mine, though. Yeah, I mean, other than he <laughs> he grew a beard, that yeah. was it. <laughs> and I, of course, it's like I want to see, especially now that Black Widow came out. I wanted to know what, um, or Black Widow dies in Endgame also. So it's like I feel like if they spent more time with her character in Infinity War, it would have hit even harder yeah. in uh, Endgame. Right. I mean, yeah, the closest we got was Black Widow. Um, the whole story because that. Uh, does take place in between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. And we got to obviously see uh, Natasha wearing uh, Yelena's green vest. But again, like you said, we really didn't know what was going on with Cap, uh, with Sam. Uh, who else was on that? That was it, right? I think that was it because, you know, Bucky is dusted already. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's a good one. I didn't never really thought about it, but... Yeah, we just see uh, Cap just growing his really good beard. Yep. So, uh, w- w- mine is more of a nitpick as well. And I felt like I have to do it the Thanos and Gamora storyline, mm. uh, or the backstory, I should say, you know, kind of the flashback. Because when they actually showed that scene, the weird pacing where we had just gone through the whole Scotland uh, battle scene, whatever you just yeah. mentioned it with uh, cap saving the day uh, with his crew. And all of a sudden it just like hard stop and then goes right into the backstory. It was just <laughs> yeah. a weird choice to have that right after there. Uh, it felt really out of place to throw that scene after the Scotland um, kind of action sequence. And as far as pacing goes, I'm, I don't know if I would throw it in as a prologue because I don't. I felt like they would have probably lost some viewers if they threw it in the prologue. Yeah. But they could have probably showed some of these scenes maybe while they were already in that slow part of the movie, uh, while they were on Thanos's ship on the Sanctuary Two. Um, mm. Maybe they could have just had like a quick little flashback or whatever. I felt like that scene kind of ran a little too long or they could have just cut it all together. I really every time that scene comes on, every time I rewatch this movie, I'm like, oh time to grab a snack um because because yeah. <laughs> he's like talking about balance and all that stuff right yeah i i, I felt like it, if they would have thrown it um uh, in that scene it would have been better for the pacing shorten it a little bit it would have been fine i f- yeah i feel like it, it's a really good scene i think it could be underrated just like the scene itself but the way it is like placed in the movie it's like i feel like they probably had a hard time like okay do we want to slow down the movie like even more or are we just going to stick it in here because we need some character development for Thanos? Yeah. So. And, and I don't know if they should have had a Thanos like, <laughs> like origin story or something. I don't know. Um, maybe they could have thrown, thrown that in there and they wouldn't have to actually come up with that scene 
and it would have mm-hmm. been paced better. And then you could have had some of these other scenes kind of breathe a little bit more because I felt like at times it felt like it was so fast paced with having to show a bunch of, um, you know, where everyone else was. It felt like at times Infinity War didn't have enough time to kind of breathe. And I felt like they remedied that a little bit more in Endgame. So we'll obviously revisit that. Oh, we'll visit that in, in Endgame in our part eight episode. That's true. So um, let's get right into Ant-Man and the Wasps. Do you have a, you want to single out a worst moment or biggest <laughs> nitpick? I mean, okay, so it's like there's, it it is, but it's a middle of the road movie just in, um, in a whole butt. The thing that pissed me off the most oh <laughs> was when Janet Van Dyne comes out from the quantum realm mm. and then just heals Ghost. Mm. I'm like, are you serious? After all that drama, all that crazy stuff, just to to, to fight Ghost and Ghost is fighting whoever and um and I, I like I like the stakes that they were building up. Like, oh, if we don't if uh, if we don't save her, she can die. But they need they need to extract whatever from from Janet to heal Ghost. It's like, and yeah. it could kill her. I'm like, oh yeah, that's some good drama right there. Yeah. But then she just leaves the quantum realm, heals Ghost, and that's it. No consequences. I was like, no, why? I I, I was pissed off when that happened because yeah. I felt like the movie was you know passable at that point. And then when they did that, I'm like, okay, you just made the whole movie pointless. Yeah, I mean, because obviously, Janet Van Dyne is—he's just she's just coming out of the quantum realm. She doesn't know what's been going on. You would think. I mean, I think the closest she gets is because you know she gets to communicate through Scott, right? Um, and but that that's still <laughs> yeah. within that little kind of little corner of the story. She doesn't know Ghost or anything like that. She doesn't know what she's going through. Mm-hmm. you don't think unless we miss something but yeah i completely agree with you yeah that i don't know man that that was like that pissed me off <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what uh now that i think about it yeah it does too uh and, and that's precisely why i want to kind of point out another nitpick i just didn't care for the villains at all oh, uh, yeah. ghost was meh to me sonny birch and his henchmen were just yeah yeah. They they were just there. Um, at times, it was more for comedic purposes. I do like the whole truth serum thing. That was actually pretty funny. So you're talking yeah. about truth serum, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, truth, man. truth serum. <laughs> it's not truth serum. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like with any good story, a good movie or whatever, I just feel like a good movie or story is only as good as the villains. And I didn't really care for either of them. I just felt like I I did kind of feel bad for ghost and what she had to go through with that whole accident. Uh, But uh, I felt like they could have done a better job in terms of spending a little bit more time with ghost. If you were going to have her as the main villain. Yeah. Um, They just kind of blowed over that whole thing. And I felt like it was, you know, with, Lawrence Fishburne as Dr. Foster kind of just being there to help her out. It, it felt like with such a good actor, I love Lawrence Fishburne in a lot of the things that he does. I felt like it was kind of a waste of his character and the waste of him as an actor to be, you know, kind of, I don't know, just generic. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, generic. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, in terms of Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, their, their powers are actually like, they could be kind of overpowered. Mm-hmm. So a ghost is a good villain uh, on the surface that the the powers can match up against them. Right. But then I just feel like the character wasn't written well, and mm-hmm. just I don't know the way the the way they was just done. I, I don't think they did. They didn't execute it well. Yeah, the way they just had a, a oh, let's kind of quickly tell a quick story instead of actually spending time of yeah. within within the story to, of actually showing like uh, what she had to go through and everything. Um, there was like no emotional investment in Ghost as a villain, and without that, I mean, obviously we're you know going to try to compare uh, Ghost. To you know, like villains like Thanos or or Loki or uh, Killmonger or even Wen Wu, yeah, yeah Wen Wu, <laughs> you know, and, and it, you don't even have to go to that sort of lengths. But I mean, at least 
put in some effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, let's get right into Captain Marvel. Um, I, oof, there could be some uh, problematic uh, uh, parts to this movie. Do you want to single one out? Uh, I don't know. It just pissed me off so much because I this moment in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when Nick Fury's like, you got to keep one eye open and all that stuff. And then he takes off his eye patch and he's like, oh, and then you see his eye for the first time. And then you're like, oh, I wonder how he got that. Yeah. <laughs> must be some dark backstory that hopefully gets his own solo thing, which he might kind of with Secret Invasion. But then we get the origin of his eye getting scratched, you know, and it's just a flurkin. Or a, basically a cat. So it's like, dude, are you serious? After all that, it's I don't know. That was that pissed me off too because I was like, I like the Nick Fury character, mm-hmm. uh, and Samuel L. Jackson's like perfect for it. So it's just like, it, after all that, you don't get like a cool backstory. Especially he was like a really good character in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Oh, I know. To dude. see like this badass. And then you freaking see him get scratched by a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And whenever I think of Winter Soldier, because obviously it's both of ours, like one of our favorite movies, if arguably the best movie within the MCU. But one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, trusted someone? It was a freaking flurkin. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Now that now that you put it, mention it in that regard, I'm like, oh man, that does kind of piss me off too. Shoot, dang it! But How I did you? come up, I did come mm-hmm. up with something else. It's that <laughs> it's that final encounter between Carol and and Yon-Rog. I mean, oh. you know, yep. you get the whole thing, <laughs> you know, where you know, obviously he betrayed her, brainwashed her, and all that thing. And, and I remember in a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, and during our Eternals episode, where you mentioned that you hated. Uh, that one part where Druig hit Sprite in the back of the head with a rock near yep. the end because it just was so abrupt and everything. And, you know, we agreed to disagree on that because I didn't really mind that one. But for this one, Jan Rog and Carol, I mean, they started off the movie and mm-hmm. they're like, you know, they're friends, you know, they're colleagues or whatever. They're, um, there's a mutual admiration there because, you know, like he tried to play that trustworthy guy you know like he's trying to help her out the whole movie Mm -hmm. and obviously we find out later on that he was the one that basically brainwashed her betrayed her and everything Mm -hmm. and you get that final encounter at the very end and obviously we know that carol is like overpowered yep and you know that was bound to happen but at least throw in some dialogue something emotional you know what i mean just something where you know like we you know we could see carol like maybe like kind of break down a little bit where she's a little bit more conflicted before she blasts him something anything anything <sighs> like you know show, definitely show like you know you trusted this guy mm-hmm. he was like your teacher your mentor your friend <sighs> something and but yet it's just like oh i just blast this guy and that's it and if at the very least i was like he wronged you, beat him up some more. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Anything. And it became like a comedic punchline because remember towards the end, she's just dragging him by the by the leg and then yep. tossing him into the spaceship for him to fly off. I'm like, oh, uh, it, it, that pissed me off so badly. It was like, and this is the ending of the movie, the final encounter, and you're doing it like that. Yeah, Ugh. that was so anticlimactic. If anything, because, you know, like you said, Captain Marvel's overpowered. Have some um, emotional, like, response to this rather than just, like, yeah, I'm done. See you later. Throw in some meaningful dialogue. Anything. You don't even have to uh, emote. <laughs> That's all I need. I yeah. Some emotions within the scene just because. Just, a, you know, a scene would be nice. <laughs> you know, some <laughs> some words would be thrown. I know. It was so clunky the way they executed them. Anyway, uh, let's get right into our next topic. And, you know, with these MCU rewatches, we have to basically throw some love to Stanley, who is basically the creator of Marvel and everything. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, like with uh, basically 
most of these earlier rewatches, um, I think Far From Home was the only one where he wasn't able to get a, a cameo in, and and we'll definitely revisit that in in our next MCU rewatch. We want to throw some love. We want to show, or we want to actually pick our best Stanley cameo and our best non Stanley cameo. And let's start with the best Stanley cameo. So. Uh, with Avengers Affinity War, he was a school bus driver. He was driving around Peter Parker and, and Ned and all the kids. In Ant-Man and the Wasp, he was a pedestrian whose car just suddenly shrunk. And then in Captain Marvel, he was uh, on a train uh, rehearsing lines on uh, from his Mallrat uh, script, actually. So he was actually playing himself. Um, so did you have a favorite Stanley cameo out of these three films? Yeah, since Stanley is like the creator of Spider-Man, whenever he gets a chance to interact or uh, do something with Spider-Man, that's always like my favorite. Especially like now in hindsight, it's like uh, mine would be him as the bus driver for Peter and all that stuff. I just love when um, he can interact with Spider-Man at any yeah. point. Yeah, that's my favorite. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, for me, I'd have to pick the Captain Marvel one just because it was the first movie. Mm after he passed away and obviously you know in the beginning of the movie when they have the uh the marvel studios opening crawl they did you know did they did that stanley tribute and everything and it and i thought it was fitting for him to you know play himself during that uh you know his cameo scene of him rehearsing his lines from a mall rats script and i just thought it was i don't know it it made me feel sad yeah uh, but at the same time just thankful that we were able to get 90 plus years of stanley and you know his creativity so um but yours was good too <laughs> yeah that, that i didn't want to choose the captain marvel one because it's sad <laughs> i know yeah oh <laughs> definitely wanted to pay tribute to to stanley uh, and plus you know he and i share the same birthday i think i mm-hmm. mentioned that on a previous episode uh but yeah let's go uh into our favorite non stan lee cameo across these three films do you have a favorite dude <laughs> it's gonna be in captain marvel oh ooh, okay. oh so captain marvel lands in the blockbuster <laughs> <laughs> so you yes. know what's coming yes yes <laughs> she, yes she sees the little standee of true lies and i'm like who's that that's arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> cameo right there <laughs> i forgot about that one that was so good and you know true lies man that's a good movie um i don't know does that make arnold mcu canon now yeah it does i guess dude you, you know what's crazy this is the second episode of the weekly reel <laughs> that we've talked about arnold in true lies because remember we talked about yep. it in red notice as well with his dance number with uh t career yeah <laughs> that's oh but in a way that makes me sad because they mentioned Terminator in um, Endgame. Also, does that mean Arnold can't be in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> hey, never say never because now we got a multiverse. That's true. Get a variant. Yes. Oh man, that was a good one. But for me, if I had to pick a favorite non-Stanley, I I couldn't pick it as good a, a one as Arnold Schwarzenegger, but. My favorite has to be, and this is, I'm kind of going back to 2018 when I'm watching this movie for the very first time with Infinity War, when they're in Vormir and all of a sudden Red Skull just appears out of nowhere. (laughs) Oh my goodness. At first, uh, obviously I didn't know what was going on, but at first I thought it was, um, wait, who's the uh, original actor who played him? Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Yeah. At first I thought it was Hugo Weaving and I literally, and everyone First of all, a lot of people around me were like, "Who? In, who's that?" But I'm like, the, what? Yeah, I know. But the people that I was with, there, we were like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Red Skull!" Ah, uh, dude, uh, that original feeling was crazy. But obviously, now in hindsight, it is Ross Marquand who does play Red Skull. But man, at the time in 2018, I thought that was such a huge deal uh, mm-hmm. for him to just be a random character in <laughs> Infinity War after we thought he died in in the first Avenger. Yeah, because it's been like seven years since since oh. seven uh, since the first Avenger. So yeah, that I, didn't was see definitely that. I didn't see that coming. Did you? <laughs> I did not see that coming for sure. Holy shoot! But uh, you know we're at that part of the episode now. I mean, dude. The, we're guessing the Rotten Tomato score, but mm-hmm. these MCU 
episodes have been a, a bane to my existence because I felt <laughs> like with each one of these episodes, this is where it usually breaks me. But I'm surprised more than anyone that I'm uh, currently ahead here in season three. I'm up five to four, but oh man, I, I don't know. I just have a really bad feeling that this is where uh, you start to turn things on. Um, so we got three movies that we need to guess. Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Captain Marvel. And so um, I'll go ahead and let you have first uh, crack at each of the, the movies. I'll look them up. Uh, let's start off with Avengers Infinity War. What is your guess? I'm guessing, hopefully you don't tie, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm guessing 97%. Ooh, you went a little higher than me. I went with 94. Mm. All right, let's go check Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score. Let's see Infinity War. All right, 2018. And all right, with 485 reviews, I am taking the point at 85%. What? 85%? Yeah, I'm telling you, the critics, they're haters, I'm telling you. So I'm currently up six to four. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, what's your guess? 68%. 68, oh man, I was more optimistic, I guess. (laughs) I feel like, I don't know, it's Scott Lang, I mean, it's, uh, wait, who's Paul Rudd? Uh, Paul Rudd, thank you. (laughs) I blanked that just for a second. Paul Rudd, 85% for me. What yours? 68 Okay, let's go check it out. Ant-Man and the Wasp. All right, 2018. Tomato meter. I'm taking the point at what? 439 reviews. 87%. Holy, Holy what? Wait, what? This movie has 87% on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm are we watching you. the same movie? We are not. <laughs> but again, these crit- I'm going against the curve, and I'm just trying to think as a critic. Cause, Wait a minute. Dude. Does that mean Ant-Man the Wasp has a higher critic score than Infinity War? <laughs> it, it, it does. Holy what? crap. The hell is happening? Ron Tomatoes, you're sort of broken sometimes. Oh my god! So I'm <laughs> taking that point. Um, I widened the gap to what seven to four now. Seven this, to four. I'm like sweating. I don't know what to do <laughs> with myself. <laughs> Holy crap! All right, Captain Marvel. This is a chance for Jeremy to kind of salvage a point here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is your guess? Seventy-three percent. Mm, another a little bit of a wide gap. I'm guessing 83%. Oh, Again, I feel like you got this, dude. It's, I think it's, 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 it's swept this episode. It's it's Brie Larson, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, Captain Marvel. 2019. Freaking Ant-Man the Wasp. 87. And with uh, 543 reviews, it looks like I have swept the episode. Whoa. It's 79% tomato meter. Wait, Holy crap. 83%. Barely. That was close. That was that, close we man. almost tied. We almost tied that one actually. Whew. Dang! Wow. You I don't know what to one. do with so myself. Got, eight to four. Eight to four. Double man. Ooh. I definitely need to make that up on the next MCU episode. Oh, yeah, for us, for sure, for sure. But before we, uh, you know, obviously end the episode with, um, I guess, kind of wrapping up the MCU, we got to do this thing called ranking the episodes. I'm sorry, ranking the films because these aren't. They feel like episodes, right? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're ranking the MCU films and we're going to, we've been doing this with each part and kind of just tossing three, ep- uh, three movies uh, to our rankings. And so with part seven, we've now covered 21 of the MCU films. Um, and so we're going to be ranking the first 20, uh, 21 films. Jeremy, let's go start with, I guess, the worst to first, worst. and let's start with 21 to 19. How would you rate uh, the f- last three films? I think it mine are still the same. Uh, 21 would be The Incredible Hulk. 20 would be Thor. 19, Thor to the Dark World. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, mine hasn't changed either. At 21, I have Thor to the Dark World. 20, The Incredible Hulk. 19, Doctor Strange. Which mm. may surprise some people. I just didn't care for Doctor Strange in that movie. Anyway, uh, let's go with eighteen to fifteen. I feel like maybe there's some maybe some potential movement uh, here. Oh uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> uh, eighteen would be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. 
Okay. 17, Captain Marvel. Ooh. Uh, I I almost wanted to put it higher, but I don't know. I was just thinking about that last scene also. Um, 16, Ant-Man and the Wasp. The only Mm. thing that salvages that movie, really, is um, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 15, Iron Man 2. Okay. We have a little bit of overlap, actually, in this section. 18, I have Iron Man 2. 17, Thor. Hmm. 16, I also have Ant-Man and the Wasp. 15, Avengers Age of Ultron. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go with the next batch, 14 to 10. Go ahead. Uh, Man, I might need to revise this later on, but then we do our (laughs) final ranking. But uh, 14, Doctor Strange. Okay. 13, Iron Man 3. 12, Avengers Age of Ultron. 11, Ant-Man. 10, The Avengers. 2012. We surprisingly have a little bit of overlap here. Um, 14, I had Captain Marvel. It's just a, it's it's in the middle, right? It's It's one of those movies. It's nothing great, nothing (laughs) terrible for me. Mm -hmm. Um, 13, I have Ant-Man. Uh, 12, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 11, I have Iron Man 3. And then cracking the top 10, I have The Avengers. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so um, we're approaching. Well, this is now top nine. Well, let's go with nine to four, actually. Well, well let's save the, the top three for mm-hmm. last. Let's go nine to four. All right, so my number nine is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number eight, Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Seven, Spider-Man Homecoming. All right. Six, Black Panther. Ooh, here we go. Thor, Ragnarok mm-hmm. at number five. And then Infinity War at number Whoa. four. Whoa. Yep. Infinity War is out of your top three? Yeah, dude. Oh. I, I, was surpri- I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know, though. It's right there, though. <laughs> It's hard. That's oh, a hard man. one. Okay. I'm not even going to try to preface this. I just want to get your natural reaction to my nine, nine to four. I have nine. Spider-Man Homecoming. Hmm? Yeah. Number eight, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number seven, Captain America, Civil War. Ooh, okay. Number six, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number five. I think we, we kind of revisited this on the last one. Iron Man is mm. at five. That's still always surprising to me. Yeah. Iron uh, Iron Man at five, that surprised me too. But at four, I completely agree with you. Avengers Infinity War. Holy crap. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm yeah, I'm still surprised Iron Man's down there, but yeah, Infinity War, it's like it's it could be top three easily, but then it's like, ah, it's so much so many other movies to also go against. All right, let's hear that top three, Jeremy. Top three remains the same. Captain America, uh, Civil War at number three. Mm-hmm. Number two, Iron Man. Number one, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Actually, no change for me at the top three as well um, since our part six of the rewatch. Number three, still Thor Ragnarok. Number two, I have Black Panther. And number one, still reigning champ, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Man, that thing has been there since, uh, what episode was that? I don't know. Is that like part four? Four, po- probably. Yeah, my something guess. like that. Holy crap! All right. Well, you know what? We are continuing um, that ranking of the MCU uh, in a couple of weeks uh, for part eight. But before then, we actually have a special episode fifty <laughs> for you, Jeremy. Do you want to let our audience know what episode fifty will be for next week? Yeah, for our special episode, our number fiftieth episode. A bit of a guilty pleasure of mine that Ken hasn't seen yet is about a group of European mercenaries that encounters a secret armory that maintains and defends the Great Wall of China against a horde of monstrous creatures. (laughs) So, So it's the Great Wall... Starring Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal. <laughs> oh, wow, what an episode 50. <laughs> it's so epic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's an it's epic that uh, is the tale as old as time. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do. <laughs> though the one thing I do know about the Great Wall, actually, there's two things that I know about the Great Wall. One, obviously, it's in China, but it bombed. It got horrible reviews. Yep. But the second thing that I know is that Jeremy loves this movie, and it, it really <laughs> is a guilty pleasure. I guess I remember when we were uh, what talking about it. When we were trying to figure out our schedule, <laughs> our movie schedule for for season three, I was like, "Man, this would be so epic if we had this for episode 50. I think even Matt Damon wonders why he did this movie. <laughs> I think I read an article where he's like, "I don't like. I think I regret making this movie, dude, but I don't know, man. It's like you gotta watch it. It's like it's just a popcorn flick with with monsters." <laughs> I am so curious about this movie because obviously, you know, with the just the stuff that I would hear um, from, you know, uh, I guess social media or whatever. um, I'm like, okay, well, I don't have to spend time on this. But because of Jeremy and this podcast, now I will. Yeah, dude. Great wall. (laughs) I'm definitely looking forward to it. I got to figure out where to watch it. But uh, before we close out the episode, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug for the upcoming week? Yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at JP underscore flicks. Yeah, for me, you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm pretty active on both. Uh, you can follow me at Free Ken A. And the spelling for both of our handles will be in the episode notes. And so, um, Jeremy, any final thoughts for part seven of the MCU? Any one of the movies? Mm, I'm just... I I want to mention all the arrival scenes like Captain America, Thor. It's like yeah. those always give me goosebumps, especially when we watch them in theaters for the first time. Yeah, dude, that Thor one I remember, and this is you know back in 2018. That was such an epic. It did remind me of the first Avengers um, movie in 2012 uh, when you get the whole full Avengers score, and I was like, dang, the the yell from the from the crowd uh watching it opening night everyone was so hyped when when he came in out of nowhere with a chair i mean with a stormbreaker yeah <laughs> the apex predator oh man so good so good but um yep we only have two more mcu movies uh in our rewatch it's coming soon uh but you definitely gotta just stay tuned to our social medias to find out when that next episode will be um and what's our social media handles again uh, jeremy before we close it's gonna be at weekly real yes at weekly real so stay tuned uh for uh future news on that and uh i guess any one of our uh previous episodes so again thank you for checking us out um we we had a good time uh just talking about the mcu it's always good times actually and so yeah you know it so we'll see you next time on the reel <laughs>